0: And now that we've entered into a new year, you know, every year, uh, this is a, this is a, what do you say, a tradition where we wait on the Lord and expect God to speak to us. And we want to start the year, obviously, with, you know, a special message, something that will encourage us, build us and um, <clears throat> a promise from God. And that is what I've, I've actually, I was just thinking yesterday, you know, since 2010, um, I've been barring one, one year, I think where we had Arun. Uh, do the first Sunday of the year. Um, I've done every every year, and uh, I I began to wait on the Lord from November onward. Actually, saying Lord, what is the promise You're giving us this year? And uh, it was mid-November, in fact, that the Lord gave me a promise for 2021. In fact, I I sent it to the base to type it. Um, you know, way back in November end. So I was so delighted. I was so delighted that I didn't have to wait anxiously uh, in December. You know, to hear uh, a word from the Lord, because I knew God had given us a promise for uh, the start of the year, and for our prayer and fasting season. You know, two two different words. So that is what I'm going to share today. No scare, no sharing screen. Um, I'll be preaching directly uh, from the word. But uh, I'm going to start by praying. So let's just pray and prepare our hearts to hear God's word and pray for yourself. You know, um, like many of you said, and you heard this say time and again, that 2020 has been a rough year and uh, that does something to us within but let's just pray lord i want to hear you afresh this morning speak to me speak into our hearts speak to us as a family as an individual as a church and uh, let's hold on to it and press forward with it okay let's come let's pray father we just want to thank you lord for this uh, wonderful opportunity of being together thank you lord that we can worship you we can exalt you truly you are our cornerstone you are the rock that we stand upon, Lord. You are the ultimate um, fortress, Lord, that we take refuge in. And Lord, as we worship ourselves into this new year, we believe and trust you, Lord Jesus, that you will bless us and be with us and um, give us a great time of being together, Lord. We believe you, we trust you. Jesus, we pray as we look at your word, Lord, your matchless, powerful, awesome word, uh, speak into our hearts, Lord. Speak your uh, word, so that uh, as, as Matilda so beautifully put it, Lord, from Isaiah 55, that your word is something that is uh, great, Lord. You will accomplish what you've spoken, Lord. And give us the faith to receive that, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your precious name, Lord. Amen. 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 Okay. So the title of my message is a confusing title. Uh, Jeevan asked me last evening, what is the title of the message? And I said, the title of the message is I, not I. Okay, so at the end of the evening, uh, end of the message sermon, you'll know what is I not I mean. I am preaching from Genesis 17. Nobody knows what I'm preaching, not even Jackie. So I was very encouraged when she read about Abraham this morning. And uh, it was amazing because that is, the, that is the story that I'm looking at. So praise God, God is already speaking to us. men. Okay, so let's quickly g- jump into the story. I'll give you the background, the story, and then the pointers. Okay so what is the background well we know in genesis 12 god chose a man called abram his name was abram and i'll tell you what it means and uh, abram was uh, a worshiper of creation you know he was from the land of the chaldeans and uh, the chaldeans have a great history if you go back if you are a history student you will you will always see chaldeans who were uh, one of the pioneers of their age like the egyptians you know, the Egyptians came much later. The, the shideans were right there in Genesis 12. Probably the first kind of people who, would, you know, who were recognized as a group of people. They were, they were a large population. And God chooses this one man. And uh, what's his age? His age is 75. You know? So imagine God choosing a man at the age of 75. What do we know about Abram? Abram had a wife called Sarai. And Sarai was 65, so you are looking at an elderly couple. Even from the Old Testament standard, you are looking at the you are looking at an elderly couple. Noah and the guys lived 600, 800, 900 years, but post the flood, that is post Genesis 9, the age span came down to around 200. Okay, so Abraham's father lived 205 years. Just FYI. Okay, so 75 that way is quite old, and you will hear Abraham say that. You know. That uh, my wife is quite old and I'm quite old, so they were they were quite old and, and in that sense. And that's when God calls Abraham. God tells uh, this guy Abram that come follow, me. follow me, and if you believe in me, I will bless you and I will make you into a nation. And you know, uh, I will bless you and your descendants and all of that. And we see that right in Genesis 12. It opens with uh, seven promises of God. But there is a condition to that, that Abraham follows uh, God wherever he leads him. And God tells him that I will take you to the land of the Canaanites, who were again a very powerful people. And you and your descendants will possess this land. Now, the Bible says Abraham obeyed God and he followed God into the promised land. Okay? So that's the background. But this one important factor that I need to tell you is that they didn't have a child they were childless. They were, uh, Sarah was barren. Sarai, Sarai was barren. And so what Abraham does was, he feels old. how can we just both of us go? So he decides to take his nephew, who's, uh, this is Abraham's brother called Haran, Haran's son called Lot. And uh, Haran was dead. So he says, come Lot, come with me. And the nephew, I think, was fond of uh, the uncle. And uh, there would be a bigger gap between the two, you know, because in those days, uh, people had children after a long, long time, so there were more or less, you know, little, little age gap, which often happens with uh, the those who were born in the fifties and sixties will tell you, you know, their uncle is two years older than them. That kind of stuff, you know. which people had many children, so this is where it is. Abraham, Abram, Sarai, and Lot. These three begin their journey into the promised land, but Abraham also takes some of his servants and. You know some of his cattle and all of that. So he's gone with a entourage. He's now a walking towards the promised land. Now months go by, years go by, and they are still childless. Now this begins to bother Abram because he has heard God speak to him time and again. Genesis twelve, Genesis thirteen, Genesis fifteen. They they, they keep God keeps telling them, "I'm going to give you a child, and this is what you're going to be." And it just seems like empty talk. What is God saying? You know, your children will be like sands of the store, shore and stars in the sky. He doesn't even have one. He doesn't even have one. So I think when he was 85, finally Abram had waited for 10 years. 10 years he had waited and God had given him a promise 10 years ago. Finally, they decide as a husband and wife that, okay, uh, I'm not sure what God is up to. But let's go for surrogate. Now Surrogate today is a very common term. But imagine it's right there uh, way back in Genesis. Okay. So they choose a woman and uh, a woman who will uh, who Abraham will mate with and the child will be the heir. Okay. And this happened again in the Old Testament. So it's nothing new. And so they decide that. So uh, Sarai has a maid servant, which they had taken from Egypt. Her name is Hagar. And uh, so they say, okay, so the slave is a slave. She doesn't have a say. So she says, okay, you go and sleep with my husband and the child that we will get will be like, you know, our child and he will be the heir to Abram. So that's where it is at. And uh, they go ahead with the plan. And to them is born Ishmael. To Agar is born Ishmael. And now Abram te- treats Ishmael as his son. Okay, So Abraham was 86 when um, he bore Ishmael. And so there is, so now it's, it's all a very confusing triangle. Okay, there's Abram, there's Sarai, there's Hagar, and there's Ishmael. Okay, this is uh, the family and Lot, of course. Then as time goes by, Lot parts, parts from Abraham. We know that, right? Lot goes on his own way and he separates from Abraham. So now th- this is more of a close-knit family. Now years go by and we are in Genesis 17. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Genesis 17 and uh by now uh this is how the bible opens okay so look at this genesis 17 says um abraham was 99 okay so it just starts with the uh, statistics abram is 99 and if you know abram is 99 you know sarah's 89 right so the bible says when abram was 99 years old the lord appeared to him and said i am god almighty walk before me faithfully and be blameless then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Now, Abraham has heard this for the last 24 years. And Abraham is wondering what exactly is God up to? You know, I will increase, I will give you increase, I will increase your numbers. God keeps saying the same thing, but he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. There is such a delay, you know, and he's really wondering what is God up to? And so, but he's happy that he's at least got Ishmael. He's happy. Okay. And then God goes on. Uh, Look at verse three. It says, Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. Now look at this. So one of the things that God does, and I will come to this after a point that I want to make is God says, no longer will you be called Abram. Okay. So Abram wasn't a bad name, by the way, you you know, Sharukh is named his third son, uh, second son third child Abram, right? It's not a bad name. Abram simply means exalted father. It's a nice name, you know, Mahan Pita, that kind of a thing. So he says, um, so, but you will no longer be called Abram. That is what your father named you. But I am giving you a new name. And Abram is thinking, whoa, okay, what? What? And God says, you will be called Abraham. Abraham. You know what Abraham is? Abraham means father of many. At least exalted father was not such a joke. But father of many is a real joke because he doesn't even have one child. So you understand, you know, it's it's like calling someone who's very short saying, you know, <laughs> what is this? Why are you doing this? Call me anything else, you know. Why would you want to call me, you know, the tall man? That's your title. Today you will be the tall man. Imagine calling someone like, you know, someone from... The Northeast, 5253, five, saying, hey, Lambu. It's, it's like an insult. It's like a joke. You know, why would you call somebody like that? And so Abram has no child, but his title now is he's a father of many. So you can understand Abram is thinking, is is God mocking me? Is God making fun of me? What is God really up to? Why would you call me that? You know, that's the most insulting name uh that God could give him, God could call him anything else. You know, God could call him Moses. God could call him uh, Ishmael or what is sorry, you not know, Ishmael. Ishmael is already gone. But you know, any other name, any other, uh, any of the L names, Samuel or something like that. You know, God judges, God hears. Daniel, all those L names. You know? But why call him Abraham, father of many, when he has when he has one child that too through a surrogate woman? But that is where it is at. And then as the story goes. God makes great promise. Now please read this uh, sometime during the day or sometime during the week. Okay. You have a week off, so read it. And, uh, I'm not going to dwell into all of it, but again, it is God. It is God. God typically, you know, speaks great promises. I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will come from you. And Abraham is just hearing him, just hearing God. And, uh, I will establish my covenant with you and your generations and your descendants will possess this land. The whole land of Canaan will be yours where now you are a foreigner, you will possess this. And he goes on and on and on. And then God makes a covenant with Abraham. He says, Abraham, now I want to make a covenant with you. This is the covenant of circumcision. So this is the passage where God enters into a covenant with um, uh, like, like a nation. You know. So God says, this, this is not just for you. God had made a covenant with Noah. God had made a covenant earlier also with different people. But now God is saying, this is not just with you, but with your descendants. That is what we really call the old covenant. Okay. So God says, now this is the old covenant. The covenant is the covenant of circumcision. And this is you and your descendants, all male, all male will be circumcised and this and that. And Abraham is hearing him. God is giving him the specifics on the eighth day. You must do this, that. And, um, Finally, I want you to come to verse 15 because this is where really our passage starts. It says, God also said to Abraham. Now, obviously, his name is changed. Okay. Because now, the scripture begins to write Abraham. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. Now, look at this. Okay. Ishmael is a name God gave Abram. Said, call him Ishmael. Ishmael means God hears. Okay, so that was Ishmael. Abram to Abraham, God has changed the name. But God is not stopping at that. It just seems like God is so interested in Abraham's family and the name change. So God now tells Abram, you are now Abraham, which means exalted father to father of many. But now watch this. He says, Sarai will be called Sarah. Sarai will be called Sara. Now, for us, it's like, but you must understand this. Okay. And this is what is exciting me. Now, listen to what happens. Sarai means my princess. It means my princess. You know, it is like a pet name. You understand? A lot of fathers call their daughters, my princess, my princess. You know, many, many do that. Right. I'm sure some husbands call their wives, my princess, you know. Um, it's, it's a pet name. I know Praveen often calls the neah my princess, you know, it's, it's like a pet name. And that is who Sarai was. Sarai to her family must have been, Oh, to us, you know, after Laban, Labad Porga. Sarai, this one is born, you know, but Laban was of course, uh, um, Rebecca's. I'm just saying after, we don't know much about um, her family, but uh, what we do know is that, you know, they were very excited. They were like, yore, ghar you know, that kind of a thing, you know. So they say, let's call her Sarai. She's our princess. She's our princess. But now God says, she's not just your princess. God changes the title to princess. Now you may say, what, what? God says, no, no, she's not just your princess. She's not just a pet name now. She will now be a title. She will be Sarah, which means the princess to everyone she will be a princess i am going to raise her up to become it's like calling someone hey kya star hey star hai. you know some pet name and then suddenly they actually become a film star or a you know movie star or whatever a huge um, celebrity that is what god is saying from my princess she is now the princess you understand with a capital p you know so that is the name change that god does god says I am giving a new identity to you and I am giving a new identity to Sarah. Okay, Sarai will now be Sarah. Earlier, she was just your princess. She was a pet name, but now this is going to be her title. She will be the princess and God elevates Sarah. God elevates uh, Abram and they became, they become now Abraham and Sarah. Okay, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? When God changes a name, he gives us a tote totally new identity. Amen. And you see this with his whole family. We will look at the fourth one also whose name God is going to name him. Okay. So Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. Okay. Now look at what else he says. Verse 16, it says, I will bless her and we surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. God has given a magnanimous promise. To Abram and to Sarah. He says, now you will be called Abraham. Now she will be called Sarah. And God is going to bring nations out of you. Kings will come out of her womb. God is now specifically saying, no, 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 Abraham. It's not just you. Just in case you thought, you know, I can do a surrogate. I am talking about Sarah, your wife. Who, When I gave you a promise, she was your wife. And I meant it. I never meant, you know, you go surrogate and you take another wife. It is to you and Sarah that I had made a promise. Now, before we move on to verse 17, which is a very key verse, I want you to look at one aspect. Sometimes we wonder, why does God delay in our life? All of us, every Christian has something that they've prayed for for a long time. You agree with me, right? And you've not seen that come through. You've not seen whether it is healing, whether it is spouse, whether it is a breakthrough in a relationship, whether it is salvation of a loved one. Or, you know, your dream, your dream home or something like that. You know, we all have some things that we've prayed for, for a season, for a long time. And uh, probably we've not seen that come through. We all have those desires that we constantly, probably year after year, we take it before God. And we don't see a breakthrough. And uh, we wonder why, Lord, why? Why do we go through this period of waiting? Why do we go through this period of, if I may say, delay? You know, why does God delay? Let me tell you a story. There was a man who was, um, who had come to know the Lord, you know, he was a new believer. He was very excited. So one day before he went to sleep, he said, Lord, I want to do your will. I want to do everything that you say. I want to say yes to you, Lord. So speak to me tonight. What do you want me to do? That night he had a dream. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to him that there is a huge stone, huge boulder, you know, outside where he lives. And God said, I want you to go and push that boulder. So he felt God wants him to, you know, remove the boulder. So he woke up next morning, had a, had his bath, had a nice breakfast and, you know, went and he saw the boulder. It was like really huge, massive boulder. And so he put his hand to the boulder and he started pushing. He pushed it, pushed it, gave a good 15, 20 minute push. Obviously, the boulder was massive. Uh, it didn't even move an inch. But he came back. He felt happy that he had obeyed God. Then that that night, God, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now you tell me what else do you want me to do? God said, go and push that boulder. So he was like, oh, okay, the same one that I pushed yesterday. God said, yes, yes, do it. So he went again. He gave all his energy and he kept pushing the boulder and he kept trying. And this happened night after night. Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months and he kept pushing the boulder, kept pushing the boulder. But The boulder refused to move. And he was hoping, saying, Lord, one day this boulder will move. One day this boulder will topple. I believe you. I trust you, Lord. This will happen. But it never happened. Then one day when he was pushing the boulder, some people walked by and they laughed at him. They really laughed out. They said, you know, we couldn't control ourselves. We've seen you doing this for like, you know, days and weeks and months. And you're making a fool out of yourself because look at you, you're you're never going to push this boulder away. Look at the boulder, man. It will require elephants to push it. You know, what do you think you're doing? And they laughed at him and said, you know, you're just wasting your time. The boulder is not going to move from there. And he went back. He went home and he sat on his bed and started crying, said, Lord, I've become a joke. You know, I've become a mockery uh, to those around me. Because every, every day you tell me, you ask me to go and push this boulder and uh, the stone hasn't moved. The boulder hasn't moved. Why do you ask me to do that? And God said, my son, did I ever tell you that you have to move the stone? I only asked you to push the stone. So he said, why Lord? God said, look at your body. So he just looked at his body. He probably removed his shirt and he looked into the mirror and there he was rippling muscles He was so strong. He looked like, you know, strong arms, strong chest, solid thighs. He looked like a builder himself. And God said, it was not the stone that I wanted to move. It was you that I wanted to build. Hallelujah. Amen. God said, listen, sometimes what we feel we are doing, we feel we are trying to push the stone. The stone must move away. But what is actually happening is it is building us. And God was in the business of building that man, not moving the stone. Amen. But because we've been asked to push the stone, we feel we are called to move the stone. I was so blessed when I read this story. You know, I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. Sometimes when delay happens, we focus so much on why it's not happened. We forget to see what it has done to us. What has 2020 done to us? You know, 2020 has built our faith in God. It has reminded us that God is faithful. God is good. God is our provider. Amen. Earlier, there may be some verses that we've only read of. 2020 has made us experience that. Today, we can stand and in the days to come, we can look look at our children into their eyes and say, listen, I went through 2020. I know what God is, how faithful God is. When God says he will never leave us nor forsake us. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Amen. Those are small numbers compared to what Corona cases were. But it does not come and touch us. Hallelujah. And even those who were touched were healed. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? What a lovely testimony we have. When we next time read that verse, let us remind ourselves, Lord, millions fell this side and zillions fell that side but he never came and touched us because we have trusted in God. We did what we could, but we also trusted in God and he has kept us and our children safe. Hallelujah, Amen. There are many such verses that have come alive and have become real to us. Hallelujah, Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. If you are in the delay um, bracket, you feel there is something God has spoken to you and he has delayed it. It's not happened this far, this far, okay? I say that because I know this story. So I say this with absolute um, carefulness that uh, knowing my God, that it did not happen this far doesn't mean it will not happen. But what it does mean is he is building you. God was building Abraham and Sarah. God was creating an amazing testimony, a beautiful story that would be narrated to generations, thousands of generations would be inspired by the story of that couple. Okay. So there they are at 99. And now God comes back and he says the same thing. I am going to bless you. I am going to, you know, He's change their names. Now look at verse 17. Now verse 17 is interesting. Okay. Uh, it's really interesting. It says, Abraham fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Ha, ha, ha. You know, that is what Abraham is saying. Abraham is like, Lord, enough, Lord. Now it's sounding like a joke. Now it's really sounding like a joke. And please don't mind if I laugh. Because do you really think a man, I'm 99, you know, so you think it'll at least take nine months, right? For a baby to deliver. You think I'll have a baby when I'm 100? And do you think, I mean, forget me. She's got to carry it, right? Okay. So do you think she can carry a baby? She's 90, Lord. She's 90. God is, he's giving God the details, you know, because God knows it's right at the first verse that he was 99. But he's reminding God, he's saying, hello, 190. Not possible, Lord. It's, it's really a joke. And then look at what Abraham said. And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. It's amazing. He's not heard all the 14, 15 verses that have gone up. He says, Lord. That is not going to happen. Okay. I'm 100. She's 90. So forget it, Lord. Just, just listen to me. What I'm saying is I've already got a son, right? I have, have Ishmael. So why, why not settle for Ishmael? I am saying all your blessings that are going to come. Give it to Ishmael. No, give it to Ishmael. Okay. So let's just settle for Ishmael. You understand what he's saying? Okay. Now, firstly, let me say two things that I'm going to end. First is laugh. Okay. Uh, we have a laugh emoji also. Right now, please don't do that because my point is it's not funny. The, my point is it's not funny. I'll tell you why. You see, Abraham fell face down and laughed. What do you think is this laughter? This is not the laughter that Zechariah uh, speaks of, you know, that I will fill your mouth with laughter or Zephaniah says, I will, you know, I will, I will have you, your mouth will be full of laughter. This is not that kind of a laughter. This is a laughter of a lack of faith. This is lack of faith kind of laughter. He's laughing because he thinks this is too good to be true, Lord. This is too good to be true. This cannot happen. This sounds ridiculous. This sounds ridiculous. Looking at the present scenario, this sounds ridiculous, Lord. There is another story in Mark chapter 5, where a man called Jairus comes to Jesus and says, uh, Lord, my daughter is very unwell. She's 12 years old. She's probably the only child they had. And can you please come and heal her? Can you please do that? And Jesus agrees. He heads toward Jairus' home. And then there is an interruption with the bleeding woman. And he takes some time there while Jairus is getting anxious. And then Jairus's servants come and say, Oh, don't trouble the master. Your daughter is dead. How sad. And Jesus takes hold of Jairus and says, No, listen. Believe. Only believe. Okay? And Jairus somehow has heard the news, but he he believes Jesus. He hears the, the greater truth, you know, saying, I believe, I believe. Okay, come, let's go. And then they head towards the home. And as they near the house, they hear a lot of wailing. You know, now these were professional mourners. These were people who were hired because today we SMS everyone, you know, we put it on social media and tell people so-and-so tragedy has happened. Any news that we want to pass, especially someone's death, you know, we have, we have different tools today. It's very convenient. But in the olden days, especially in the first century Palestine, people would call mourners and they would cry loudly as a, as a team, maybe six, four, three, eight, depending on how rich you were and how many mourners you could afford. And they would cry loudly, ah, ah, uh, loudly, you know, cheek cheek. And uh, that's how the whole molla and the whole town would come to know. Oh, someone's died. Someone's died. Where, where is the noise coming from? there, there, there and they would come and know you know so they so Jairus was obviously uh, a well to do man and his family must have hired mourners said come 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 uh, start crying we want to do the uh, the last rites of the girl you know so they they are crying they are loud and jesus comes to that scene and he sees a lot of mourners crying the baby is probably inside the house and he says everybody quiet so the mourners are like arey am me disturb kar they're like, why why, why should we be quiet? The baby's dead. Jesus says, no, 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 no. She's not crying. She's not crying. She's not dead. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. Now, as soon as Jesus says that, you know what? Mark 5, verse 40. If you read it, it says, they laughed at Jesus. They laughed at Jesus. Now, these are professional criers. Okay. But look at this. They can't control their laughter. They are like, are, rone ka paisa milta, aapne diya. <laughs> This is so funny. The child is dead, Baba. We saw the child also, you know, probably she has turned blue, her lip is turned purple, whatever it is, you know. We saw her eyes, it's gone. We, we know, we are mourners, We are professional mourners. We look at one, look at the body and we know the body is dead. You know, so it's gone. So they're laughing at Jesus you and i know how the story ends right jesus walks into the house and raises the girl from the dead and she's alive no you can imagine the mourners they're like oh the eyes must have popped out you like, no, saying no no we are quite sure she was dead we are quite sure she was dead and sometimes we look at the way the mourners look we look at situations the way abraham looked we look at the reality this was the reality the reality mind you was that abraham was 100 he wasn't exaggerating he was 100 his wife was 90 the child was dead these are real situations brothers and sisters but what i want to want you to know is that the truth which is jesus Ryan, and the way the truth and the life the truth is greater than reality hallelujah when god says i will do something when he says something, and I'm again reminded of what Metilda put in the chat box. Please go and check that again. If God says it, if God has said it, then that is the ultimate truth. It is above all reality. Hallelujah. Can we hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If God has said it, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter how real it is. 2020 was real. Okay. It was real. You know, it has jolted a lot of people. It has disturbed a lot of people, probably even some people's faith. It has given a a massive jolt to, but it doesn't matter because God, when God says something in his word, it is greater than any reality. It is the ultimate truth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the Bible warns us in two Corinthians five, seven. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Very often what we see, understand faith comes by hearing and, uh, you know, what do you say? Lack of faith often comes by what we see. When we see something, it conflicts with what we hear. Now, if you look at both these uh, elements that God has given us, you know, one is uh, the sight, vision, and one is the ability to hear, right? But very often if you, if both are supposed to contradict, then you will often trust your eyes, Rather than your ears, right? Yeah, you trust your eyes more than your ears. But faith does not come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing. And so I want to encourage you, when you read the word, which is also what you're seeing and hearing, believe God's word greater than what you see. Amen. brothers and sisters, sight is in conflict with our um, hearing. But let's hear God's voice and believe. Lord, I see something. I see this. I see... The situation is negative, but I trust you, Lord. I believe, I believe what you have spoken and what I have heard from your word is greater than what I see. Amen. It requires a lot of courage to say that. Hallelujah. See, many people, when you tell them about salvation and forgiveness and the gift of eternal life, they feel this is too good to be true. How can you say I don't have to do anything? I don't have to shave my head. I don't have to walk on burning coals. I don't have to climb mountains. How, how can you say that salvation is just free? It's too good to be true. But my friends, that is the beauty of God's promises. Hallelujah. He makes tall promises. But remember, he is the covenant maker and the covenant keeper. Hallelujah. That is the God we serve. If he said it, he will do it. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is my last point. Obviously, it's the final point. I want to encourage you. I want you to look at what happens next, okay? So this is what Abraham says. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing law. I mean, ignore all the 14 verses. Just, just, just keep your hand on Ishmael. I will be happy with that. Now verse 19 is God's response. Okay. Now look at God's gracious response. And you will see the grace of God through all of this. What God is going to say. Then God said, yes, yes, I will bless him, Ishmael. Okay? But your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. Isaac means he laughs. God laughs. Okay. So he says, listen, you laughed at me, right? And later even Sarah's is going to laugh. He's saying, I am going to have the last laugh. I will have the last laugh. So you will call your son Isaac, which means he laughs. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Amen. So God is making no bones about it. He's saying this is what it is. And as for Ishmael. I have heard you. Look at the grace of God. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and he will greatly increase in his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But now it is verse 21. Okay. We are in 2021. All right. So look at this. Verse 20 says he will bless the Ishmaels. I'll come to that. Look at verse 21. My covenant... I will establish with Isaac. He's not even born, but look at God's confidence. My covenant, I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he has finished speaking with Abraham, God went away from him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? I'm getting goosebumps. So God says, hey, listen, Abraham, I said it, okay? God said, no, 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 Lord, I understand, but just just best. Ishmael, and let's just finish this off, okay? Uh, Don't just keep raising hopes every time. And God says, no, no, no. I will bless Ishmael. Okay. Ishmael is your mistake, but I will bless him too. I will bless him too. Because he's yours, I will bless him. And I will make him into a great nation. And Abraham is getting very happy hearing that. But he says, but verse 21 starts with a bug, but. You know, 2020 has been challenging. It was difficult. People lost their jobs. But verse 21, but I will establish my covenant with isaac and i will bless isaac and it is through isaac that your promise messiah will come promise one will come through isaac isaac is one i am making a covenant with god is talking about isaac as if he's there you know he's not even there you know isaac you understand what i'm saying yeah there is there is no there is no isaac isaac is only a concept right now but for god that is enough i want to encourage you something my friends very often, very often, when we don't see a promise fulfilled, imagine you've been waiting for something for a long time. What you do is very often you compromise. You settle for the lesser. You settle for the lesser. You're happy with the less because you've not seen God probably do it in your time frame. You feel, okay, let's, let's just figure out some other way of doing. It. Let's just try something else. You know, let's just put our human effort. Uh, Ishmael stands for human effort. Isaac stands for God's promise. Amen. Hallelujah. So, see, this was uh, Abraham's obsession. I need an heir. I need an heir. I need an heir. you know Who will, who will inherit? So, first, if you, if you look at it interestingly, Genesis uh, 12, the reason he took Lot was he was expecting Lot To be his heir. Lot failed. Lot went away from him. Then Genesis 15 verse 2. If you have time read it later. He says who will inherit my wealth? It will be my servant. Eliezer from Damascus. Now option 2. Eliezer from Damascus. Is going to be the heir. Then finally he felt no. yeah, How can a servant be inherit? So he goes for Ishmael. Uh, Abraham had 3 options. Before God gave him the right option. Imagine so interesting this is. He went for Lot. He went for Eliezer from Damascus and he went from Ishmael of Agar. But God said, no, 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 Ibrahim. I said to you, what did I say? I said, it's going to be Isaac and it's going to be Isaac. I said to you, I will give you a child through Sarah and it will be a child through Sarah. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. If you've been through a season of unbelief, then don't settle for your Ishmaels. Don't settle for your Ishmaels. Ask God, Lord, have I created Ishmael's in my life? Have I created, have I opted for Ishmael's? And I'm saying, Lord, I'm happy with the Ishmael." God will bless the Ishmael's. But the covenant, the promise is with Isaac. So I want to encourage you in 2021, do not settle for less. Trust God for the best. Hallelujah. Can you turn to someone and say, do not settle for the less. Trust God for the best. Hallelujah. Do not settle for anything less. But trust God for the best. Remember verse 21. It says he will establish his covenant. My friends, we serve a God who is a covenant maker. We serve a God who is a covenant keeper. Let's trust him. I'm going to end with prayer. Father, we just want to thank you Lord. What a beautiful story this is. Reminding us Lord. What seems impossible to the naked eye. Lord, nothing is difficult for you. Nothing is difficult for you, Lord. Wow, what a story this is, Lord. At 100, Abraham became a father. At 90, Sarah became a mother. Lord, the question that Abraham had, you answered so emphatically. You're a God who hears, you're a God who laughs. Lord, there are times when we, because of our lack of faith, we've laughed at you, Lord. We've laughed at your plans. We've looked at your promises and said, is this going to happen? Looking at our current scenario, looking at the present circumstances, we've laughed at you. Lord, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for our times of unbelief. Lord, we want to come before you and believe, Lord, because we know what you did for Abraham and Sarah. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. You will fulfill your promises, Lord. We believe that, Lord Jesus. We know even in the delay, you are building us up, Lord. You are building our faith. You are building our hope. You are building our our maturity, Lord. Our perseverance is, is creating in us a maturity. We know that. Scriptures say that time and again, Lord. We pray as you continue to build us, Lord, we want to be those who, like Abraham later, took hold of your promises. Lord, as Jackie reminded us this morning when she read that passage, Lord, we want to be, Lord, believing you, Lord trusting you, Lord Jesus. God help us, Lord, when we go weak, even the best in business, when weak. men like Abraham and Elijah and Moses had their seasons where they may have laughed at you and they may have uh, probably refused to believe you and yet you gave them chance. You were so gracious to them, Lord. You even blessed their mistakes, Lord. You even bless their mistakes. Lord, we pray, Lord. We, ha- we may have done so many mistakes in these years gone by. Forgive us for our smiles, Lord and bless our Ishmael. But we believe, Lord, that the Isaac, our Isaacs are coming. We believe that, Lord. Our Isaacs are coming, Lord, and we believe you. We don't want to produce more Ishmael's, Lord. We want to wait on you and trust you for Isaac. For your covenant promise is Isaac. And we receive that, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.